Welcome to the Men and Hoodies Podcast, where we take you on an excursion through everything in the sports world. Trending news, hot conversations, heated debates, and unlike shows such as First Take and Undisputed, things that you, the listeners, actually want to hear. Let's now go to your hosts, the man that the water shows, Brent Lyons, the OG, Roman Cleary, hey, that's me, and of course, the always jubilant, Jake Stoop. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Men in Hoodies podcast. It's good to be back with you guys tonight. It is 8.42 p.m. Saturday, August 5th. Today we'll get into some big news regarding conference realignment that has come out, as well as our predictions about the AFC North, one of the premier divisions in the NFL, Roman Cleary's favorite division because of his Pittsburgh Steelers. Browns, Ravens, Steelers, and Bengals are the teams we'll go over today. But, of course, before we get into it, if you want to listen to a specific part of the episode, Check out the timestamps in the description of the podcast for that information, as well as check out NFC North predictions from last week. We went over our standings for the Bears, Packers, Vikings, and Lions. That was a very interesting division, a lot of different opinions, but we pretty much all agreed that the Lions will have a way better season than last year. But as well, check out the Men Hoodies Instagram, men.in.hoodies, as well as on threads. Now, Brent, you've got two days, two days Man, this is wild. Before you leave, walk us through how you're feeling as you're going to head to UNA in less than 48 hours. I feel good. Um, uh, it'll be sad, but at this point, uh, being honest, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be <laughs> sad because um, school is about to start back up for my high school buddies, and uh, everybody else is going to be leaving soon, too, for all the college people. Um so it's transition time, so I might as well transition to get ready for the school year. I'm excited, though. Man, that's that's crazy. Two days. Man, Roman, you going to miss Brent as much as me or, or what? This is really <laughs> sad. I mean, to be fair, me and Roman only get the joy of hearing each other's voices once a week on the podcast usually. So, <laughs> Of course I'm going to miss Brent. <laughs> But at the same time, he's going to be a Division One athlete. That's way better than sticking around here. So. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Roman. I appreciate that. Hype I don't know. Up. His schedule is pretty grueling. I don't know how attractive oh, that is up. to guys like us. I don't know. He, he, cross country's on the rise. He, he could be making that NIL. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> he hey, that NIL he, bag. I'm going to get like an NIL deal from like an auto part sharp shop or something like that. Some local Florence auto parts shops. Do they do they have a Florence Zoo by chance? You could be the uh, lion running for the lions. That that's easy money maker right there. If Florence had a zoo, that'd be crazy. Hey, Brent, <laughs> Brent's only gonna be at UNA for one year anyway because he's just gonna enter the transfer portal the next year and get that NIL oh, bag. Oh gosh, um, Penn State's gonna offer him the NIL uh, bag. He's gonna leave. <laughs> Dude, that'll okay. be national news. We'll have to talk about that on the podcast. Who knows? I don't know if we're allowed to say that. Because um, <laughs> that's not going to – I am loyal. I am loyal. Y'all are allowed to talk about NIL. I'm not I'm not going to say I'm transferring because that's not happening. UNA all the way, baby. Mm. Oh, no, 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 no. Plausible deniability, of course, but – Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, you have to deny it. that or you'll get fined, right? If my if my coach listens to this for- – and he's gonna he's gonna ask me quite I'm gonna get pulled into the co- coach's office. <laughs> no, what? no, Brent's coach. I'm making this up completely. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm making this up completely. Please do not. I hate Penn State. I hate Penn State. 
Because yeah, you, you've never had a coach listen is. to the Men Who's podcast, Brent, have you? Uh, if I said that, that'd be lying. I would. I will say when I was getting recruited, it's that's a fun story. When I was getting recruited, um, a couple coaches did listen to the podcast to try and um, to try and get it to boost their connection with me for recruiting purposes. I think we mm. had maybe, maybe four or five coaches that ended up listening to the podcast at some point. Did um, you and A? No. I'm sure that none of them, I'm sure that none of them listen to it now considering unless they unless they like really like the podcast and they weren't just using it but um, maybe they are if you are listening to the podcast I guess you can't text me um, <laughs> I you guess went to the school that didn't even bother to listen to the men and hoodies podcast I was about to say that wasn't a higher oh, priority gosh. on your list look man there were it was on the list okay it would have done it for me it would have yeah. Oh yeah. Does no, Dan it, Patrick listen to the podcast? <laughs> I have no idea. Probably not. <laughs> That's okay. So, so <laughs> touche then. But you know, I there I'm, there was a time when there was four to five, two to three Division One coaches, you know, listening to listening to the Men and Hoodies podcast, trying to. One of them, uh, one of them said something to me at the meet about my at a meet about my Jets prediction. Um, oh at wow. The beginning, back in September of last <laughs> year, and uh, guess what? It panned out. So well, there you go. There you go. Hey, they probably listen. That's probably why the view total was so high, you know, because all of them were listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably why we got a ton of views. <laughs> I'll take minute. I'll take minute. If we start talking about cross country, maybe we can get a couple. I'll, I'll hook you up with a couple more viewers. But uh, hey, there you go. Right. Yeah, go check out the anchor leg. A few of your teammates to start listening and sharing the podcast. That can exponentially grow us. Yeah, like, hey, we got. Realize. We got some teammates listening to the podcast. Hey, there we go. Well, I'm pretty sure they're interested in some D1 college football, which is coming <laughs> in about three weekends. That's when we'll see our first action. I believe the first game is Navy versus Notre Dame. So we already know that's going to be a slaughter, but that'll be some fun action. But before we get there, Brent, we want to talk about this episode we've been planning for a long time. It was a big episode last year. I know you're especially, especially excited about college football coming up. But take a second to walk us through our big college football episode coming up soon. Now, when Jake says we, it's it's really me making a massive rundown um, <laughs> of, of how we're going to handle uh, the, I guess, the mega predictor um, is what it was called last year, um, which it will be the same this year. Uh, we plan – I don't have the order yet, but all 11 conferences. I feel like it should be right that we finish with the Pac-12 this year just because, <laughs> like, it's their last year as a conference, pretty much. No, no one um, wants to finish with the Pac-12. I, I understand, but I feel... Pac-12 cannot be our headliner. <laughs> I understand. It'll be the Big Ten. But <laughs> but I can say that for now. I don't have the I don't have it planned out yet for the order-wise yet, but um, we'll obviously finish with Power 5 conferences. And last year, we did um, a prediction for if it was a 12-team playoff before we even knew that it was going to be a 12-team playoff. Mm-hmm. We'll do the same thing again this year. Men and Hoodie um, spoke it into existence. We did speak it into the existence. So if uh, if you if you're wondering where that came from, it actually came from the three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll do that. We'll. I, I've been talking to the guys. We'll see. We might uh we might throw in a little bit of spice and predict where these new teams and new conferences would finish this season, um, and the Big Ten, Big Twelve stuff like that. But we'll see. That may be a little too confusing. But we'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, it's going to be great. Um, personally, one of my favorite episodes of the year, mm-hmm. just because so much chaos going on. 
Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. And uh, Penn State's better this year than they were last year, so the boys will have to respect it. Um, and Memphis is yeah. nah, it's not just as good as they were last year. So <laughs> There you go. Uh, hey, actually, I lied. Minnehoodies did not predict the 12-team uh, the playoff. It was actually Cleveland curse about three years ago, two That's years true. ago. The old the old podcast filmed in Brent's uh, second floor playroom. So yeah, yeah. If you if you ever want to go and listen to a superb no. podcast, go no. and find Cleveland Curse on YouTube. No, <laughs> don't. That was not a good. The best part the best part of that podcast was the end of the episode. Whenever we would do something stupid, when and again when we say we, I mean yeah, I was, me. Yeah, I, I would do something stupid. I can re- I recall reading a story. I recall uh, like a bedtime story. I recall. Um, the Seahawks mafia. lost the playoff game, yes, and I wanted to apply for the Bills Mafia, so I jumped on top of a table. Um, it was weird. I sang the Trace McSorley song. <laughs> I did. I did a, a bunch Trace of Trace McSorley song. <laughs> yeah, he was the Penn State quarterback. Like the TikTok meme. Yes. Yeah, like the throw it on a dime. Why? Because yeah. <laughs> it was. I was a Penn we State fan. Weird. I'm a Penn State fan. Look. Like I'm not proud of some of the things I did, but that was peak YouTube content. Like that's what, like, yeah, that's, I don't that's know definitely if, why Mr. I got Mr. So many Beast views. would not do that. Mr. Yeah, it, we we had like what 100, 200 views on one episode, and we had 400 because, on one of them. It's <laughs> probably because Jake kept refreshing to see how many views. No, we had. no, no way, no way. Jake sat on the refresh button Jake for about an hour, hour. baby. For, for about an hour after the episode came out and we're just sitting there in our group chat and we're texting about it and we're like, oh my gosh, it's going crazy. And Jake's just sitting there refreshing the entire time. <laughs> hey, we don't have to talk about that. But the and college news we're discussing today has a huge impact, not now, but this time next year with what is now eight teams. Eight teams leaving the Pac-12 to join a different conference. Arizona, their counterparts, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah will be joining the loaded Big 12 as well as Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA, will now be joining the Big Ten. And other than the names of the conferences that most likely have to change, Brent, start us out. How does this impact not only college football, but college sports as a whole? Well, I, we can't forget Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 for the SEC next year as well. Um, that's also still big. I feel like a lot of people are forgetting about that right now. Um, but there is a lot of movement going on for this next year. But uh, – I think it's crazy because 2010, uh, I saved it and then like I saw it on Instagram the other day, and so I decided to save it to bring it up for this podcast. 2010, I want to list off, um, pick a pick a random conference, pick a random Power Five conference or the Big E, so Power Six, and I'll tell you what their conference looked like in 2010. You, we can do. We can do the big here. We'll do the we'll do the pack. We'll do it was called the Pac Ten at the time. Yeah. And it was it was UCLA, USC, Oregon, Oregon State, California, Arizona State, Arizona, Washington State, Washington, Stanford. So pretty standard. The Big Twelve was Colorado, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Missouri, Nebraska, Texas Tech, Texas A and M, Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma. Those are two conferences going through a major shift right now. We saw something similar. Um, back in the early 2010. So this is just deja vu for some people like Nick Saban, who have been around for a really, really, really long time. But for us, this is like the first time we can kind of understand um, 
what's kind of going on here. And honestly, to me, I'm I really enjoy it. I think this is cool. Um, besides the fact that the Big Ten is grabbing teams that are over 600 miles away, um, I I really like this. I really like the shift. I think that is interesting um, in the landscape of a lot of college sports. Um, I understand that all this change and all this like I guess shifting isn't isn't liked by a lot of people, especially the Pac-12. Um, but I think that it's inevitable. And I think that lots of these schools, especially Colorado and Arizona, I see as Big 12 schools anyway. So I think that they fit right in in the conference, and I really, really like it. I'm really looking forward to seeing this new era, um, especially of college football and college basketball. Um, but the big, the big thing is, like, I think the biggest shift is how long before the entire landscape of NCAA shifts. Like, how long until, like, major changes in the structure of the NCAA is had to be is going to have to be taking place because of what's happening now. Um, so it's only a matter of time before I feel like we see a major landscape shift. Um, the Big Ten's two teams away from becoming a super conference, um, and I have a feeling that they're going to pick up Stanford and California in the near future, which will um, officially push them into that super conference. And then we have to have that different conversation of what the landscape of college football, college basketball, all these big sports needs to look like. Um, but I think it's just crazy the amount of change that's going on right now. But ultimately, I only think it impacts sports for the better, the change, because you have to have something to spice it up. Um, and ultimately, I think this is some major spice, besides if you're an ACC fan and there's absolutely no spice at all. Um, the ACC is the only constant right now. Um, but I, I really think it's cool. I think it's awesome. Um, I'm a big fan of all the change. I got a feel for the Pac-12 because it's done. It's done. Mm-hmm. We're Pac-4 now, right? Yep. Yeah, for now. It's Washington State, Cal, Stanford, and one more that I can't quite remember right now. That's, oh. uh, I'm oh, sorry. No. I can Oregon, help you. Oregon State. Oregon State. It's yeah, Oregon, Oregon State. State. Yeah. And, so, and I'm not convinced Stanford and California will be around for too much longer. So we could get down to the Pac-2 at some point? Oh, my. <laughs> yes. Well, obviously, the Pac-12 as a conference is over. Uh, most of these schools, I imagine, if they don't get picked up by the Big Ten or the Big 12 or something, I bet the majority of them will move to the Mountain West as the first alternative, even though I'm somewhat interested to see if the American maybe tries to poach them. I doubt it would work. Huh. But I'm interested to see if that's the route this goes in. But – Obviously, the big story with this conference realignment, you know, falls in the Big Ten, the Big 12, obviously locally here in Memphis. This was not what we wanted at all. (laughs) That as well. We were kind of hoping that this whole ordeal would fall apart and that the Pac-12 would elect to stay together. That did not happen. Oregon, Washington, they're off to the Big Ten. We already know USC and UCLA were going there. But now that you got all these Pac-12 schools joining the Big 12. Um, Memphis's chances for the Big 12 are over. They've been over, honestly, because the Big 12 has never heard about Memphis. And this just because confir- it just confirms it because they'd rather make an entire Western division <laughs> Big 12 instead of adding Memphis. So, Memphians, if you were convinced that the Big 12 was even remotely interested in adding the University of Memphis, you were simply not. 
because that was never going to happen. So Memphis is, again, stuck in the American Conference, much like these deserted pack schools are now stuck in the pack four. Um, it's, it might be a good thing. Yeah, but I don't even know, honestly, with the Big 12. Because what is that conference really without Texas and Oklahoma? Because those are by far the biggest brands. Basketball, of course, is going to be fine. The best league in America. Yeah, like, you're going to get Kansas and Arizona every year. Uh, it's, it's the best. It's the best basketball. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Are we sure? Really? Basketball, yeah. Baylor. Yeah, but the Big Ten adding USC and UCLA. They have no, no. That won't. That won't help them as a complete conference. I mean, the Big Ten, we all know, is always sucked in March. UCLA oh, and USC doesn't. I'm, doesn't I don't, it, doesn't nah, it doesn't matter how far you go in March. It matters how many teams you get to March, my friend. And I just got to say this. Do you, at this point, do Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati, do you think they may be having second thoughts about what they've done here? No. Leaving the American. I think – I think UCF and Cincinnati especially got lucky that they joined when they did because I don't think – maybe UCF because of their size, but especially Cincinnati, I think that they got lucky because if Cincinnati yeah. would have been those like are, Memphis, I don't think they would have been able to get in. In my opinion. Maybe not UCF in football and obviously not Houston in basketball, but it's going to be a struggle for those three schools. But the thing is, I would rather – we talked about this a while back, but I would rather be in the fold than not at all. You know, like for us and Tulane and SMU, we're just kind of sitting on the outskirts of all the action. And, yeah, maybe we'll be good compared to everybody else in the group of five. But, I mean, what does it matter if all the good teams remain in four conferences? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't I, think Tulane never had a chance. Personally, I, but if, if I'm Memphis football – I would take winning 10 to 12 games in the American every year over winning three games in the Big 12 easily. But what about basketball? What about all the other sports? Well, Memphis is going to make the tournament be successful in basketball no matter what league they're in. Yeah. I'm just talking about like the not only the media and the and the TV schedule, but just talking about all the quad also, one and two opportunities. I mean, that would be Also, the American is ESPN. Crazy. The American and ESPN are forever going to be tied together. So while the American is not exactly star-studded right now, the American's got money. So it's not nearly as bad of a situation as people like to make it out to be. Yeah. And, and with like, know, yeah, if, if I'm thinking about UCF basketball entering the Big 12, they already sucked in the American. They had a losing conference record in the American last year. And now they're going to be entering a Big 12 that was probably already – the best basketball league in America before this expansion. Now it's gotten even better with the addition of Arizona and Oregon. That's a consistent tournament team every single year. Yeah. I mean, UCF, I don't know if they're ever going to get good at basketball now. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's valid. They suck in the American. They're not going to get better. Houston's going to be all right. But all of these football programs were something on the downtrend. In the American, because Cincinnati is losing all their core. Luke Fickle is gone. Houston was getting like eight to nine wins in the American. And UCF was also, I think, on the downtrend there. Yeah. I mean, after being good for a while, yeah. 
like UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati, I feel like they're it's going to be a struggle for them in the Big 12 for a while. Mm-hmm. And sure, they're going to be making more money, but if they're going to be winning exponentially less, I- I'm just not sure what to completely think of this if I'm them. Maybe Rice will step up. <laughs> I would love nothing more than to watch the Rice Owls be incredible. And what- yeah, uh, man, Roman, that's so tough. If you're talking football implications with the 12 team, I would rather be in the American. But at the same time, would I rather watch Florida Atlantic and UTSA come to the Simmons Bank Liberty Bowl Stadium, or would I rather watch Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, Kansas, Kansas State? I, I would, I would pick those teams. Every time. Because the Big 12 doesn't care about them. Never- I know. I'm just saying, if if that was ever on the table, I'm just sad that Memphis hasn't moved. However, I would love to see Memphis in the ACC. I don't think it would be that much of a change football-wise. I think we'd still get a winning record every single year. But the basketball quality in that conference would be ridiculous. And it's not that bad of a drive or a fly, no matter what. If I would take Memphis. It's going to be basketball to the Big East and football staying in the American. That's what I feel is going to happen at some point. I would take I would take Memphis and the Big Ten if we took Tulane as well. Hmm. What? I do not want Memphis football in the Big Ten. No, yeah, we get we get crushed. No, you you think you get crushed more sad. than if you were? You think you get crushed more than if you were in the Big Twelve? Oh, 100 percent. Oh, I take that as a compliment. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Boost, boost my Big Ten brand's ego. Oh my gosh. No, but but dude, imagine Memphis playing in the shoe. <laughs> we would get demolished. Now, it, yeah, but imagine Memphis versus Northwestern. Memphis might actually win the basketball league in the Big Ten. Ah, uh, maybe not win, but you'd be pretty darn oh, what's, good. What's the best competition there? Purdue. Memphis could beat Purdue with Big Ten money. Hmm, that's a, that's a man. We're we're talking hypotheticals. Any any other situation? Any other thing I want to talk about before we get into the AFC North? I just think I I just maybe last week. I don't remember if it was on the podcast, but y'all asked. I think you might have asked me who I wanted in the Big Ten, and I said I really wish we'd go after Oregon just because of the brand, uh, yeah. and we ended up getting them. So I'm really happy about that. Um, but I mean, other than that, Colorado. I'm so happy for Colorado. They are a Big Twelve school through and through. So mm-hmm. I'm really 100%. excited that the Big Twelve got them back. Colorado, because that's massive. The only reason I, they got it was because Deion Sanders was their head coach. They were a Big 12 school before they were a Pac-12 school, and I like them more. I, I like them more as a team, as a brand, as a part of the Big 12 than I do as part of the Pac-12. So Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders has done insane. Like the amount that Deion Sanders has done since he got there, without even playing a snap of football for Colorado, is ridiculous. I mean, they got one of the top transfer classes in the entire country, and then they got invited to the Big 12 and took it. Like, they, think about it. They were the first Pac-12 team to get invited. That's crazy. They came by themselves. All this, which all is this just to maybe go seven and five. Like they picked Colorado first over Arizona and Arizona State. And we don't. Talk, we don't know that to be necessarily true, though. Well, they they were the first ones to accept the invite, so they were very glad that they they were invited. I just think that does not happen without Deion Sanders, which is just crazy that they haven't even played it down, and that's already happened. Did you see the thing that Oregon said? About Colorado, Oregon's coach said about Colorado, and then they jumped to the Big Ten. Uh huh. I think you, the Big Twelve forced to take Arizona State because I think they needed to take them in order to get it. Hmm. Not mistaken. Yeah. Now I, I will say that 
the Big Ten schedule in terms of travel is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. No, I saw something, and it was like, it was like, imagine you're one of these Western schools in the Big Ten, and you have to travel travel all the way on a random Wednesday night to play Rutgers. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> to Piscataway. away. <laughs> that is awful, man. They might, like, they might have oh a little gosh. bit of an adjustment period because of I that. I didn't even think about it for basketball. Yeah. Like, UCLA will play Rutgers on a Thursday night. And then the next Saturday or Sunday, they're going to be back in Poly Pavilion playing Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Piscata Wednesday night in Piscata. Well, think about it. Are they going to have to schedule road trips for these teams? It'll be more like West Coast trips for the for the for the normal Big Ten teams. Like in college, like it. I have a feeling they're going to. I think I saw a Big Ten schedule for basketball. Where when they go out, when the team goes out, they're going out and they're playing for like a week and a half out on the West oh Coast, and goodness. then they're coming back in. That's crazy. I mean that it's it is crazy, but that's probably the most logical thing you can do. Oh yeah, it's just more like the NBA, it, and it's more like professional sports, which is wild, man. Oh wait, Jake, are you serious? Division one basketball and football are <laughs> professional sports. Are you serious? <laughs> no. Wait. No one ever thought about that before. Well, just think about it. Last two years, they're now starting to get paid, and then all this stuff is happening, so travel's going to get worse. I, I wish mean, they weren't getting paid. It's transitioned in the last two years more than ever. Do you want football and basketball been professional sports forever? I'm just, I'm just saying that. it looks more like, especially also transfer portal. That also looks more like professional sports now. So, yeah, it was 10 years ago, but the last three years, the transformation huh. has been ridiculous. These have been, this has been professional sports forever. So don't let's not fool ourselves here. Yeah, Jake, <laughs> I'm pretty much a professional athlete. Okay, right. yeah, there you go, Brian. Yeah, uh-huh. congratulations. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's get into it. The AFC North. If you have not checked out the Minnesota's Instagram, or if you don't follow, go check out our recent post. I put up there our 2022 predictions, and I will say, Roman and Brent were completely off on the Steelers. I know Roman's. The, he posted. He said the next week I'm going to drop them a game to 11 and six, which put a, would have put them in the yellow tier, so two games off. But at the time of the podcast, they were in the red, so more than three games off, which is kind of wild. Brent had them four and thirteen. Roman had them twelve and five, <laughs> which is just wild to think about. But overall, we did not have a bad prediction when it came well, to the division. Pretty I, much every prediction was within two games. So I'm I'm looking forward to some good predictions for today. Not, I, I was not wrong about the Steelers last year. I swear I was not. I <laughs> Can I ask a question? Ultimately, but I could not anticipate TJ Watt missing half of the season. <laughs> yeah, right. Brent. Does green tier does green tier mean you drill it? Because yes. bruh, I was I was Okay. Yeah. All right. Green is drill, yellow is within two, red is anything outside of that. I mean, we you shouldn't get really in the red for any of these teams unless you're completely off. Well then I'm drilling a couple this year. <laughs> we'll see about that. Roman, walk us through the Cleveland Browns. They've had an interesting offseason. Just tell us about their depth chart and what their team's looking like entering 2023. Oh, boy, the Cleveland Browns. Yay. Roman's favorite team. <laughs> well, they're coached by Kevin Stefanski. This is going to be, what, his fourth season coaching the Browns now, former offensive coordinator for the Vikings. I think he was the OC for them during that uh, playoff run with Keenum if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, he was obviously a uh, very 
high commodity higher when the Browns got him in. He's done a good job so far. I'm not the biggest fan of his style and the way that he coached the team, but ultimately the Browns had pretty decent results so far. I cannot fault him for the job that he's done. All four of these coaches in the AFC North are very good compared to the rest of the league. So that's what really makes this event so special because it's really just super well coached across the board, which is something that you don't see uh, throughout most of the NFL. So that's why the AFC North is so awesome, in my opinion. But going to the quarterback, is it's Derek Deshaun Watson. We all know about him. He shouldn't be in the NFL. Oh, my gosh. Not because, not because of the player that he is, but because of the person. But, again, it's not appropriate, at least in my opinion, to talk about him from a football standpoint. So I will not be doing that here today. But just know that he's very good. If he returns to his regular form, he was pretty off last season. But chances are he'll get back to where he was before. Have was my QB9 heading into the year. Wow. I don't really like it. But, you know, he's a really talented player. I at least have to give him credit for that when we're talking about him in this context. That's so, very Sean Watson should be a pretty good quarterback for this team. Um, Nick Chubb, in my, opinion, uh, in my opinion, the best running back in the NFL. Agreed. Um, I know that's, yep. that's going to wither some feathers for some people. But if you're just talking about the best pure runner of the football, any better than Nick Chubb. You're right. It's my so, running back, baby. The dude just – is so good at everything. Honestly, there is really isn't really a, a flack with him. He, I guess he could get a bit more receiving production, but that's not really his role. But yeah, Nick Chubb is amazing. Should be again this season. Not much to really say about him that people don't already know. The wide receiver core interests me a lot because it's talented, but the Browns just don't use its wide receiver all that well. They just don't. Um, Odell was a flop in Cleveland. Jarvis Landry was a flop in Cleveland. Um, other guys were flops as well. Amari Cooper didn't exactly, you know, he wasn't exactly, you know, the superstar that we came to know in Dallas last season. So while the wide receiver core is talented, I'm just not exactly confident in Cleveland's ability to get the most out of these guys. This is going to be a running football team no matter what. So we'll see. But Amari Cooper is a good player. Elijah Moore is a talented player who didn't exactly work out in with the Jets. We'll see if he does here in Cleveland. I like Donovan Donovan Peoples Jones. I mean, again, talented talented room, but I don't know how much Cleveland is going to get out of it based off of their previous history with wide receivers under Kevin Stefanski. Um, this is easily the best offensive line in the division. Uh, again, pretty easily. Jedrick Wills, very good player at left tackle. Joel Batono, very good player at left guard. Wyatt Teller, very good player at right guard. And Jack Conklin, the former Tennessee Titan, very good at right tackle. Just very good line overall. And David Njoku, pretty good player at the tight end position. They also have Jordan a- uh, Jordan Akins and Harrison Bryant. So pretty talented offense, but there are some questions. Is Deshaun Watson going to get back to form? Will these wide receivers show out? So, we'll see what happens there. Uh, defensively, it's going to be a pretty good defense, in my opinion. Could, could contend, I guess, for a top 10 defensive unit in the league, but it's probably going to be something closer to a top 15 defense. Obviously, Miles Garrett, second-best edge rusher in the NFL, in my opinion. Very good player. 
Not much needs to be said about him. Dalvin Tomlinson's a good player, defensive tackle. Zadarius Smith, he comes in from Minnesota, another very good player off of the edge. Cleveland's got to have a very good pass rush. Uh, linebacking core is a little sus. Jeremiah, <laughs> I loved him in the draft, but hasn't exactly panned out a lot in the NFL so far. He's been good, but he hasn't exactly been great. Anthony Walker is another good player from the Colts. Secondary-wise, Denzel Ward, top 10 quarter in football, easily. But next to him is Martin Emerson Jr. and Newsom. What? We'll see what those two guys bring to the table. And the safeties are Juan Thornhill, free agent, free agent signing from the Chiefs, and Grant Delpit, I think third-year player now from LSU. He was very good at LSU at first and then kind of tampered off towards the end of his college career. And then has came in and been pretty mid in the NFL so far. So this is a Cleveland team with a lot of questions in my eyes. It could be very good, but it could also flop. Um, they're very much a mystery. All right. For me, um, I have them finishing at eight and nine, which is right down the middle of the line. I have them finishing 10th in the conference. Uh, four and two in the division, though. I think they do have a good division, divisional slate. Um, six and six in the conference, five and four at home, three and five away, uh, three and six versus winning teams. Um, and five and three versus losing teams. Their biggest issue is going to come against teams that make the playoffs in my eyes, one and five against them. Um, I mean, I really think I agree with Roman. The way that they use their wide receivers is one of their bigger questions because I, Amari Cooper is a great wide receiver. Potentially will be a top 10 wide receiver in the league if he's used correctly. Um, and I like Elijah Moore a lot, um, but I think that in the past they haven't used wide receivers the very best way. And Deshaun Watson's a good quarterback, but if they're still, if they still just can't find out how to use them correctly, then it can be an issue because you're just wasting, you're just putting talent on the field, but you're not making it work and mesh all together. So ultimately, I have them finishing at eight and nine. That's good for third in the AFC North. So I have them finishing third in the AFC North. Um, eight and nine overall, 10th in the conference. I really don't think this is a bad season for the Browns, though. Um, like, for them, for Browns fans, for some reason, if it's not playoffs, it's not good, but they really never make the playoffs. So, like, I don't – like, you have you have to start somewhere. And I feel like this is a this is a good season for Browns fans, and it can be a motivation for next year. I just don't – I just can't look at them and see playoff team. I just can't. Compared to the other teams in the AFC – this just isn't a playoff team to me. They're good, just not a playoff team. Hmm. Last year, this team finished 7-10, and 3-3 and with Sean Watson back on the field. I've got them continuing that trend. I'm also with Brand at 8-9. and nine. Um, However, I have them 1-5 and five in the division. Their only win coming in Week 11 at home against Pittsburgh. Sorry, Roman. Um, that's their only division win. 12th in the conference, last in the AFC North, just like last year. Um, the Browns, like, like they have said, are a very confusing team. Uh, I'm really high on Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, I think if you're a fan on the outside looking in and saying, what can I get excited about this team for? Like Brent mentioned, it's got to be, how are they going to use Elijah Moore? Did not have a good season last year, was complaining over his usage, and what the Jets did is they said, okay, we're not bringing him back. So they did not, and he went over to Cleveland, and now according to ESPN, is listed as wide receiver too. So we'll see if that can translate. Also picked up Cedric Tillman from the draft. Um, or from undrafted free agent, I'm not really sure. But Cedric Tillman is now on the team, played for the Volunteers last season, was hurt a majority of that season. So we could see if um, he's sort of a JSN kind of story with Seattle, 
didn't play that much last year, but could make a big impact for a what has seemed to be a loaded wide receiver room. Deshaun Watson, as Roman said, did not have that great of a season last year when he did play. So that's why I kind of have them continuing to stay around that 500 range, um, as close as you can get to that. But, you know, for me, this division is way too stacked. AFC is way too stacked. If they were in the NFC, they might have double-digit win total. But as Roman said, there's a lot of questions in the lineup that would keep me from them being any better. So give me the 8-9 last team, the last spot for the AFC North, which is pretty solid with eight wins. I thought y'all were going to love the Browns because y'all seemed like you were just going to do anything you could to make the Steelers as terrible as possible. No. But glad you're being reasonable. I have the Cleveland Browns actually one game ahead of y'all at 9-8. and eight. That's mm. good for third in the AFC North, good for ninth overall in the AFC. They go 3-3 three and three in the division, 6-6 six and six in conference play. They go 6-3 and three at home, 3-5 three and five on the road, 3-6 and six versus winning teams. Six and two versus losing teams, and three and five against playoff opponents. They do have a five-one-two strength of schedule, so it is a pretty hard slate for Cleveland overall, based off five-win projections. Um, this is a team that is going to really struggle, out of the opinion, before up later in. They win. What is that? Three of five to finish the season. So this is a team that, in my opinion, is going to get better as the year goes on, but. At the end, it will not be for them to make the postseason, but Cleveland's got a good thing going over them. They could maybe progress in the future, but again, south for the Browns. But yeah, Cleveland's going to be here. Yeah, I also have them winning three out of five to end the year. Um, but the difference for me and Roman is I have them playing 10 playoff teams this year. So, as, I mean, that pretty much means that I'm really high on the AFC North just in general. So, not a bad team, just a pretty tough schedule. Um, yeah, have them finishing in the division. Uh, last. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'm actually lower on the Browns and the other guys. They both have them finishing third. Um, so yeah, that's kind of our take on them. But all right, Roman, questionable team here with the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of people doubt the quarterback playing Lamar Jackson. This team has been unarguably very, I guess, iffy on the offensive side because of injuries recently. Rashad Bateman and J.K. Dobbins just cannot stay on the field. They added a couple guys like Odo Beckham and Zay Flowers this year, but give us the general rundown on the Baltimore Ravens, who have a pretty good coaching staff, just an you know an iffy team, depending on who you talk to. Yeah, Baltimore does have a lot of question marks overall. First off, with the injury bug mentioned, have a lot of guys that are struggling to stay on the field. Lamar Jackson, Rashad Bateman, J.K. Dobbins, who may be the top three players on offense for this team, and yet none of them can say, well, Ronnie Stanley is the best offensive player out of anybody on the team, but, you know, he's still an offensive lineman. You need all your <laughs> are getting injured. Ronnie Stanley's been hurt a lot. So, yeah, add him to the list, too. Ronnie Stanley, <laughs> player that's been hurt a lot. So, when your entire offense is getting hurt constantly and it doesn't have that good of a foundation to begin with, it, there are naturally going to be questions. Luckily, Baltimore has been really good defensively in recent years, which has allowed them to stay afloat and contend for the playoffs. They barely made it last season but uh, they lost to Cincinnati, obviously. But, you know, Baltimore does have hope, but at the same time, if things go wrong, uh, it could get bad. Um, John Harbaugh has been with Baltimore forever. 2008, a year after Tomlin, who got to Pittsburgh in 2007. So this is going to be Harbaugh's, like, 16th season, maybe 15th year, if I'm not mistaken former Super Bowl champion in 2012. 
Uh, so yeah, very accomplished, one of the best head coaches in football. But I just don't quite know if he has the personnel to really get the most out of his team right now. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is the centerpiece of his football team. Uh, former NFL MVP in 2019, but I've said my take on how he got that MVP in the past. I don't really need to abandon that here. I know you're curious about this ranking, Jake, so I'm just going to give it to you straight up. Lamar's my QB 14 heading into the season. That's not that's not terrible. It's just not good for a former MVP, but I, I'm not going to get mad about that. Oh, okay, yeah. But <laughs> in saying that, I think he's going to be the worst QB this year. I don't have Pickett above him right now. I guess we're going to get to Pittsburgh later, but I have a lot of questions about the new system that Baltimore is integrating now, Todd Monken, who was the offensive coordinator at Georgia, because this new offense that Monken's bringing in is going to add a lot more of Lamar Jackson as a passer. And for those of you that have listened to this podcast before, you know that I'm not very hot on Lamar passer. I think him as a pocket passer, a short pocket passer, is not very I have concerns about his ability to pressure. I have concerns about his ability to read the field. I have concerns about his arm strength. Honestly, the outside in the numbers in particular, he makes good decisions and he knows the right guys from the football too. Him and Mark Andrews do have a really solid connection. But the biggest concern with Lamar is his ability to play down multiples. We've seen him with this really throughout the entire NFL career including 2019. Now, in Baltimore, usually isn't down multiple scores. So we don't see this problem pop up a lot. But when it does happen, Lamar is a much worse player. Lamar is also someone that has a trend of being worse as the season goes on. And also, again, the injury bug there, turning Lamar Jackson so can go down with injury at any point in time and be out for extended periods. So, Lamar can be really good. He can also be really bad. Um, but luckily, Tyler Huntley may be the best backup in football, so the Ravens won't be completely terrible if Lamar goes down again. J.K. Dobbins, overrated. Opinion. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm not a big J.K. Dobbins fan. Huh. He was good in his rookie year, but the injury made him slightly worse in my opinion just doesn't have the best vision isn't the fastest player in the world he's a good player probably a top 15-ish running back but I think overrated by most of the NFL media but you know he's good enough to be the team starter but again a player that's very injury prone I like Gus Edwards I've got more opportunities with but you know with J.K. in there impact will be minimized and Patrick Ricard, love him. One of the better fullbacks in the league. Multiple-time co-baller. Very good. He's a fullback. There's a mention. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. Apparently, last time he played football, it was without an ACL. And now, <laughs> spent the entire year rehabbing his knee. And then he got $18 million from the Ravens to join them. I don't know what to expect from Odell. Again, someone that's very injury-prone. And we don't know what impact it's going to be really outside of that anyways. Rashad Bateman, good player, but again, injury-prone. Zay Flowers, Zay from Boston College. Baltimore picked him in the first round. 
Don't know what he's exactly going to be. I imagine he's going to be the slot receiver for them in year one. Should be pretty good, but you never know. And Devin Duvernay, more of a special teamer than a score wide up, is a pretty good football player overall. Um, offensive line, Ronnie Stanley is fantastic when he's on the field. Tyler Linderbaum, uh, Linderbaum, second year player at center. He was very good last season in his rookie year. Kevin Zietler, former Bengal, Brown, New York, now Baltimore Ravens, here in Baltimore. Pretty good, but not quite as good as it used to be. Morgan Moses on the downward trend of his career, but still serviceable as an offensive line, better than it's been in the past. Mark Andrews, third best tight end in football, definitively. Very good player, and he is mm-hmm. by far the biggest saving grace of the offense in terms of <laughs> field position, weapons. Um, defensively, where this team is going, and if it's successful, um, defensive line makes it Justin Matabike, who's a really good player. Michael Pierce is good. Um, off the edge is Odafe Owe, only true pass rusher that's any good on this team. So I'm a little bit concerned about the pass rush that Baltimore's going to present this year, and also David Ajabo's there. But Baltimore's a team that typically finds a way to rush the quarterback or who's on the field. So it's not the biggest concern in the world compared to other teams and coaching staffs. Um, linebacking four makes up Roquan Smith. Queen Smith is going to be your do-it-all guy. Cover, will run defense, everything. That's Roquan Smith. Fantastic. Uh, Patrick Queen. Just kind of a tackle guy, honestly. He's going to defend the run. He's going to make tackles. He's going to do him. Um, secondary, um, Rocky Sin at corner. Marlon Humphrey at corner, obviously. Marlon Humphrey. Hot take, best corner in football, in my opinion. Big Marlon Humphrey. Huh. But other than him, a lot of questions, again, with Rocky Sin or Millette being the other starters. Arthur Millette was pretty mid in Pittsburgh. We'll see how he does in Baltimore. Safeties are Marcus Williams, Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton, of course, Tom Bowser is a sub there that's been good for years. But he, again, the very safety duke of Kyle Hamilton, Williams. And of course, we can't go without mentioning Justin Tucker. Yep. In NFL, maybe the best kicker of all time. So, yeah, he's going to be automatic. So, Baltimore should not worry about anything in terms of special teams because of him. Yeah, Baltimore, like Cleveland, is another team with questions. Another team that could do really good or really bad. We don't quite know. It's very much based on your own opinion of these guys. But yeah, that's what I got. If I am of the personal opinion that the Ravens may have the hardest schedule in the NFL. I may be wrong, hmm. but in my opinion, yeah, it is. Tough. In my opinion, if not the hardest, top five for sure. I have no questions about that. And it may not just be like they're playing like the Bengals and the Chiefs, I'm, the Bear, the Bills and the Chiefs, because they're not. But they're playing a lot of good teams. Maybe not contenders, but good teams. And so for me, what? They're playing San Francisco. Which is, yeah, I understand, but they're not like it's not like they're like they're not playing every title contender, and it's like oh my gosh, they're playing like the top five teams in the NFL. But they're they're a lot of the teams that they're playing, I consider to be very good teams, 
And so mm. for me, mm. at the end of the day, I'm siding and, and this may be I may be far away from both of you in this. I'm siding on the side of the Ravens having a bad year. Um in my opinion, they go five and twelve. Wow. Uh oh my and goodness. That's fourteenth in the conference. I have a, I, I am predicting that they don't win a game in the division. Oh my goodness. Three and six at home, two and six away, one and nine versus winning teams, four and three versus losing teams, and one and seven versus teams in the playoffs. And the crazy thing about all that is that I have them beating Seattle. So I have them beating my favorite team and what? I still have them going five and twelve. Oh my goodness. They I think they had a harder schedule last year and still went ten and seven without Lamar for like six games. No, the schedule is much harder. No, I, it's not. It's not. Last year they had they had Miami on the road. No, they had Miami at home. Miami was good last year. They had Buffalo. They had New York, who was good last year. They had Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Carolina, so they pretty they much sucked. swept through the NFC South. New Orleans and Carolina sucked. I know they did. That was three games. But this year they have, like, Indianapolis and Houston. But Cleveland, then they had Jacksonville on the road. They had Denver, who wasn't that good. And then they had Atlanta. So, like, that's, that's Atlanta wasn't bad. Good. Like, that's a pretty hard schedule. Jake, I have them facing 12 for, winning teams this year. What? For I have me? 12 winning teams this year. I have them facing 11. I don't, I don't, Jake, I understand. But for me, like, Bengals, Browns, Steelers, Lions, Seahawks, Browns again, Bengals again, Chargers, Jaguars, 49ers, Dolphins, and Seahawks, and Steelers again. Like, I, like I am of the opinion that this is not a very good football team this year. I injury, maybe maybe call me call me a stickler on the injuries, but at some point, like it's too much. I don't see I don't see the hype behind the Ravens, and I am completely okay with looking back on this and saying I was completely wrong. I would I would be completely fine with looking back on this if they go twelve and five and saying, "Boy, was I wrong," because I because because. I hate that injuries is one of the reasons that I'm putting this team down. But at the same time, I if I'm going to be bold about a take, I'm going to be bold about a take, and I think that they go five and twelve. I have their five wins um, coming against the Colts, the Titans, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the Rams. I have them losing to the Texans in Week One on the at home. Um, I, man, that's wild to me. I'm sorry. I'm like, I understand you're a big fan of Lamar Jackson. I understand that this football team, (coughs) excuse me, can go either way. Um, But at the end of the day, I, I feel like the Ravens end up being somewhat of a punching bag, even though they end up being a a very competitive team in every game. (laughs) I just feel like they're one of those teams that, that, is in every game, but they lose. And that, yeah. I feel like that's shown in a win against the Seahawks that they are a good team. Um, but I, I just I, – someone has to be bad. And when I did my rankings, this, this was one of those teams that just, that just kind of came out as a bottom feeder. And I went back and I looked at it again, and I'm like, did I really put them at 5-12? and 12? And then I went back and mm-hmm. I looked, and I'm like, surely I need to change it. And I looked at it again, and I'm like – I guess I don't need to change it. This is where I'm comfortable with them. I, I'm sorry. I just don't see this team as a good football team this year. Hmm. So, based on my predictions, across every division in football, 
the division that has the best worst team based on record is the AFC North. That's how I, I don't know if that can say that they're the best division in football to me, but that's how high I am on all of these teams. And I have, I have them pretty much beating up each other. I've got the Ravens three and three in the division. So they're, they're pretty mid there, but I also have them going 12 and five earning six in the conference and making a playoff spot. Last year, this team was 10 and seven with the injuries, with the tough schedule, without their franchise quarterback that they just paid the, the highest contract in NFL history until Jalen Hurts got signed. I had them, they, they went 10 and seven without him for the last six games. And now they have him right now to start the season. They may not have JK, but he's supposed to come back to practice. Rashad Bateman's supposed to come back to practice. They signed the guy who probably would have won Super Bowl MVP two years ago and, until his um, ACL got injured in the first quarter. Zay Flowers is a first-round draft pick at wide receiver. Devin DuVernay is arguably one of the fastest guys in the league. Nelson Aguilar is a good veteran. James Prochet, if he can stay healthy, is also one of the fastest guys in the division. Th- this is a very, very solid wide receiver core. And the reason that I, I talked about Todd Mockin and his new system coming in from Georgia, a couple, I guess a couple podcasts ago, and I said that this was going to open up this offense way more than we've ever seen. It, it has barely been two-dimensional. Lamar Jackson has never really had a season where he had a ton of passing yards, and that's because he relied on his feet so much. Bringing in Todd Mockin showed me that this front office, and especially signing Lamar Jackson to such a hefty deal, is showing me that this front office is not only committed – to Lamar Jackson, but they're committed to seeing him stay healthy. And I'm, I'm very excited about that. You've also got Gus Edwards um, in the running back core as well. Mark Andrews was the best tight end in fantasy football two years ago. He's really good, top three, uh, top three tight end in the NFL. Isaiah Likely also had a really good season last year. There is no reason to me why this offense can't be good, especially 10-7 and seven last year. They split with every team in the division. They beat Cincinnati, they beat Cleveland, and they beat Pitt. Things that Roman said were not going to happen. This, this is a good team. Oh, it's Pittsburgh, not Pitt. Pitt is this, the this is a good team. Great defense, solid offense, great special teams. Like they're they're way better than the Browns, in my opinion. I don't I don't think that I think a lot of people would agree with me there. I have this team as a like a top seven team in football. Like I was Look, on controlled chaos a couple years a couple not a couple years ago a couple weeks ago, and I was willing to say that they were a Super Bowl contender. Like. Dude. I, I, I am very high on this team, and I think it's crazy to say that they're going to drop five games from last year when they were that injured with that tough of a schedule. Look, I, ask you a question. I don't see it. I don't, I don't see how you can not – like, I, I'm, I, this may be spoiling some things, but I really don't care because I feel like it's worth it. I don't see how you can say they're better than the Bills – the Jets, the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Chargers, or the Jaguars. I don't, got, I don't I'll, see I'll it. tell you all who I got them beating. I got them beating Houston. I got them beating Indianapolis. I got them beating Cleveland. I've got them beating Tennessee, who I'm pretty high on Tennessee, but y'all are lower on Tennessee than me. I've got them beating Detroit at home. That, that could be a game you toss up there. Arizona is going to be the worst team in football. I've got them beating Arizona. I've got them beating Cleveland, so they sweep Cleveland. Actually, yeah, they sweep Cleveland. I got them beating Los Angeles on the road. So y'all may y'all may no. sleep on that, but that's the week before no. their bye week. So they're not going to leave a bad taste in their mouth. They're going to beat the Rams. I got them beating the Jaguars on the road. So you can argue that one. But if Lamar's healthy, I think that's a dub. Then I got them beating Miami at home. I'm not super high on Miami this year. 
as high as other people are, and then I've got them beating the Steelers at home. So I've got them, I've got them splitting with Pittsburgh and losing both to Cincinnati. And a lot of those wins, I, in my eyes, are guaranteed wins if they're a healthy football team. And even if they're not a healthy football team, they won. I think they went three and three in their last six last year. So like, I just, I just don't get how you can say, like, that there is not seven teams in the AFC that are better than the Ravens, even if I'm off. And I said I'm completely fine with being off. I just don't see how you how the Ravens are regarded as a top seven team in the AFC this year with all the talent that is that is on other teams. Jake, you want to know those final six mm-hmm. games that you're just raving about right now? They're garbage. Most of them are garbage. It was Pittsburgh that was quarterbacked by Mitchell Trubisky for most of the day. Cleveland, Atlanta, Pittsburgh again, and the final two games against Cincinnati. They both and lost both of them. They lost to Pittsburgh when they had their quarterback, and they lost Cincinnati twice. And they lost to Cleveland with Deshaun Watson playing bad. The only teams they beat. No, they beat they beat Cincinnati week five. We're talking about the last six games of the season without Lamar. He said they beat they lost Cincinnati twice. Yeah, because they lost to them in the uh, wild card. Wild card. Oh well, yeah, but they had Tyler Huntley and were two yards away from winning that game. No, that, Cincinnati just played bad. That that's why that happened. Well, Cincinnati just played bad. You could say that about every game with some because, because they the beat. Bengals beat them up badly the week before. They, I mean, they beat Cincinnati in week five. That and Lamar Jackson only threw for 174 but, yards. Hey, it's not just Lamar. Games that they won were against Pittsburgh when Kenny Pickett got injured in the first quarter. Um, Atlanta, they suck. Yeah, they only they only won two down. They they only won two of six down the stretch. Actually, no, they were three and three. They beat Denver, but Lamar they beat played. Denver by one. Lamar played in that game. Huntley was led in passing yards, so he didn't play the whole game. That's the game he got hurt. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but he, again, he got hurt against Denver. That's that, that's Denver. That literally couldn't score. The, so, the team didn't eclipse six, seventeen points in any of those six games. Yeah, without Lamar on the field. They weren't the best offense with Lamar either. I just I don't see how Roman. You can tell us your prediction in a second. I just don't understand how you can drop five games when they have a seemingly healthy roster and all they did was improve over the offseason. Because you're playing better, and the league has gotten better. The AFC has not gotten that much better to have them at 14th in the conference. Okay, the AFC has gotten a lot top more top heavy than last year, in my Dude, opinion. We got to think 14th in the AFC is like ninth in the NFC. Agreed. Wait, what? Say and 14th in the AFC could be ninth in the NFC this year. I like they like, they will they would not miss the playoffs in the NFC. No chance. I, I have them at six in the conference right now. In, Baltimore, in would make, Baltimore would totally. NFC, are you serious? They would 100% make the playoffs in both conferences, in my opinion, but especially the NFC. Oh, okay, I thought you said not. No, they would 100% I, would. I, 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 just, I just – I get y'all aren't high on Lamar, and I get that this team gets injured. I never said I was a high on Lamar. But they've never been bad even with the injuries. That's what I don't understand. But eventually oh. – Jake, it eventually catches up to you, and – I really like, I like. There is nobody besides Lamar that really stands out on this team to me. Like Jake, we've actually seen this before with the Ravens. Think back to fifteen, sixteen, seven years ago. Yeah, when they were never good. Yeah, like 
it was the same story though. It was the same coach, same culture, same everything. And they had this run where, yeah, they were making the playoffs, actually won the Super Bowl a few years prior to this. And what happens? Everyone gets injured and it all it all goes to crap. But not everyone's been injured. Look, oh, we just talked about how they were injury riddled. They've made the playoffs the last four out of five seasons with injuries. It was the same story in 15-16. I'm just saying, the Jets last year wouldn't have been considered better than the Ravens. This year, you make even if you don't think they are, you make a case now. The Dolphins said you're not as high on, but they're a waiver team that you would say could or could not be better than the Ravens. And I would I would think that knowing you, you'd say the Chargers are one of those two teams as well that you're not that you're not completely sure if they would be considered better than the Ravens or not. But the Chargers, for me, I am a giant believer in Justin Herbert and finally getting over the hump this year. I made that clear when we did our top ten quarterbacks. I I, I had a whole spiel about it. I. I am going to be high on the Dolphins this year again as well. Like these, there are teams that I just like, there are seven teams that I think separate themselves from the rest. And then there's Mm -hmm. teams that I don't. And I think at some point injuries catch up to you at some point, you just don't have it at some point, the rest of the league gets to you. And I really don't think that there is. And again, I am completely happy with being wrong. So whatever happens, if you make fun of me, if the Ravens go 12 and five, for saying this, like, I really just don't think there's anything special about the Ravens. And even if they win the Super Bowl, sure, come at me and say it. Like, if the Ra- I don't, I really don't care because I'm not going to hang my hat on it. I, I just, think that I, I think there's no, in my opinion, there's no way they only win five games the first year coming off a $260 million deal. They have to know something is going right. They asked Lamar Jackson six days ago how Todd Monken's offense was. He said it was smooth sailing. He's saying he's, Going home every day, he's learning the playbook. So it should not – the playbook should not be a problem. Dog. The question is, is Lamar capable yeah, but when of throwing the ball consistently? That's but when the question. you just get signed to a $260 million deal, are you really going to sit there and say to a reporter, oh, yeah, I, I hate the playbook. It's not going good at all. Like, who says that? When have you ever heard somebody say that? Like, that's not how it goes. I know that, I know what you're saying, but it also, like, like nobody's going to – he just signed a $260 million deal. He's not angry at all. He's probably – smiling from every time he goes to bed at night right now because he's laying in a pile full of money as his bed. Like <laughs> he's not he's his playbook is probably made of gold. Like it's not he's not struck like he's not mad or upset right now. He's probably the happiest he's ever been in his life. Of course he's not gonna say not everything's smooth sailing. Of course he's not gonna say that there's something wrong. He's mm. like why would you why would before the season starts you plant a seed of doubt? Like that's just not like no team is going to go into the season regardless of how good they, bad or good they are, especially if they're bad. Like I'm sure Kyler Murray, if he was to start the season right now, he's not going to go into the season thinking they're going to be a bad football team. He's going to be like, I know that nobody believes in us, but I think we're going to make some noise. That team's going 2-15. and 15. Nobody cares. But he's not going to say they're going to be garbage. Like That's mm. just not how it works. Mm. Roman. All right. I'm just going to go ahead and spit out my predictions on the Ravens here. I have them going 6-11, and 11, which is – Good for fourth in the AFC North, 15th overall in the AFC. But again, that's close oh my to goodness. the NFC. So it's not incredibly bad as it seems. Anyway, uh, they go one and five in division play, four and eight in conference play, four and five at home, two and six on the road, one and 11 versus winning teams, but five and zero oh versus losing teams. They go 0 oh and eight versus playoff opponents. One of the tougher schedules in the NFL, admittedly. Uh, but again, I think it's about more than that. I think it's about struggles with injuries. 
And I also think it's about completely asking your quarterback change his play style in the middle of his career. Um, Lamar wasn't a good pocket passer in Greg Roman's system, and now you're asking him to be a great pocket passer for the offense to even work all together. I think that's a recipe for disaster. Um, and Jake, I'm just going to run down every game for both real quick. Just to – because I think it's quite understandable the way I have it falling out. I think they beat Houston, lose at Cincinnati, win versus the Colts, lose at Cleveland, lose at Pittsburgh, win at Tennessee, lose versus Detroit, win at Arizona, lose versus Seattle, win versus Cleveland, lose versus Cincinnati, lose at the Chargers, win versus the Rams, Lose at Jacksonville, lose at San Francisco, lose versus Miami, Pittsburgh. I think that's a very, very brief expectation. And again, they start six and seven, but lose the final four. So it's not the worst six and 11 in the world. It's just a team that's mid and then just falls apart fresh. And that's what the Ravens do. They start out well, but they fall apart fresh. You can't deny it. That's what happens with them every single year, every single time, as long as Lamar Jackson's play quarterback for the team. They have always been worse at the beat at the end of the year than they were at the beginning. This team finds ways to be worse by season then. Mm. They they've had seasons where they've started out as the best team in the North, but then finish as by far the worst team. They were by far the worst team by season's end last year. You mm. cannot deny that. Ultimately, I like I like John Harbaugh. I like the culture of Baltimore, and I even like the roster for the most part. But this schedule is insanely hard. I don't believe that Lamar Jackson is going to succeed in this new offense. And I'm going to go out and say that he's going to have the worst season. I think Lamar's going. I think Lamar's going to. And the rest struggle, especially offensively. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win by scoring 60 points a game. And mm-hmm. the Ravens probably going to do. On that defense is very good, which will keep in it a lot of, but again, Ravens are in my opinion. Hmm. Well, I'm going to keep uh, flexing my AFC North prediction crown, and uh, hopefully that'll get me there long enough, and hopefully that'll lead to another one, but we'll see. that There's no way that both of us can be right here, which I think is great. I think that makes it a lot different than the years past, so someone's got to be wrong, and you know, we don't like to admit when we're wrong at all as guys, so. I all will. Right. I, I will. Walk us through Cincinnati. Roman, what what they like, what they got this year? All right. Well, I'm just gonna go out and say it right at the top. I think Cincinnati is the best team in the NFL, and I think they're gonna win the AFC pretty easily. Um, again, there's the Chiefs. I know there's the Chiefs. I know the Bills. I know the Jets, the Dolphins, etc. But at the end of the day, Cincinnati was the better team than Kansas City in last year's AFC Championship game. I truly believe that. I thought Cincinnati deserved to win that game more than the Chiefs did. But unfortunately, because of refs and various things that went wrong down the stretch, the Chiefs were able to win. They went on to win the the title. Hats off to them. They deserve it. But the fact is that the Bengals deserved to be there last year. (laughs) And I think this year they're going to avenge it and they're going to get there. Um, Joe Burrow, just 
phenomenal. There's not much I can say that people don't know already. In my opinion, he's QB2. Just great. I think him and Mahomes are both generational players. Two of the best quarterbacks that we've ever seen play in the NFL. And, yeah, he's just going to be phenomenal. Joe Mixon, one of the best bats in football. He's great. Best receiving core in football, probably, with Marche, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Um, not going to be together for too long. Let T. Higgins go at some point. More likely than not. But as long as they have that trio at wideout, it's going to pretty easily be the best receiver tandem in football. Just offensive production all over the place. Jamar Chase, second best receiver in football, only behind Justin Jefferson, in my opinion. Um, offensive line is very much improved. He signed Orlando Brown over from ironically. Uh, Ted Karras is a player, is a good player at center. Al Kappa coming over from Tampa Bay. I think this is his second year in Cincinnati. And of course, Jonah Williams will now move over to right tackle while Orlando Brown takes place at left tackle. A tight end this year is going to be Irv Smith. Was Hayden Hurst last year. Going to be very similar players in terms of production and whatnot. But again, with Chase and Higgins and Boyd there, Irv Smith will not have to be relied on to do too much. And again, with Joe Burrow, he's just going to make everything work. Of course, Zach Taylor is the team's head coach. And I'll be honest, I was wrong about Zach Taylor. I didn't think he was the guy for Cincinnati. But what he did last year, coaching job that he pulled off, he proved me wrong. He's great, and he's their coach. Of the Just one of the points back there. Um, and the defense is also very good. You have a defensive line of Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader, DJ Hill. DJ Reader is one of the most underrated players in the entire NFL. One of the best defensive tackles in the league. Very good player there. Trey Hendrickson is a good player off the edge. But again, that front four of the defensive line is so good that that's going to draw a pass rush on its own. Um, inside linebackers are Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson, two solid inside there. Secondary makes up of Pam Taylor Britt, Jadobia Wuzier, Mike Hilton, who is just great. Mike Hilton is awesome. Mike Hilton is so good at everything he does from that slot corner position. He's not only a good guy, but he's also just a playmaker. He can blitz. Uh, he can make tackles and run defense. He can do it all. Mike Hilton, maybe the best slot corner in the league. He's definitely up there. Uh, and the safeties are Nick Scott and Dak Hill. Of course, Jesse Bates is now in Atlanta. I'm sure Jake is very happy about that. Yeah, baby. And again, that was the first sacrifice, going back to my point from earlier, that since Cincinnati had to make. The next one will, will likely be T. Higgins. The first one was Jesse Bates. And... Again, this is why they drafted Daxon Hill. They were preparing to let Jesse go. But obviously the safety tank will not be nearly as good without a top five safety in football. But Cincinnati's defense will still be very good. Second best defense in the division, in my opinion. And again, like last time, we got to mention the kicker. My main man, Evan McPherson, has been a real star in the league so far. And should be that still. But yeah, Bengals... Phenomenal. They've been through, they won't. They've been one of the best teams in the league uh, over the past two seasons, and they should have their best season yet this year. Jake, you got this one. I also agree. I think they are one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, I haven't done my playoffs yet, so I'm not 100% positive if I'm going to put them at the uh, Super Bowl contender position um, coming out of the AFC. But right now, I have them 
tied for first, but taking the second spot in the conference. Um, they are the best team in this division by far. I think that goes without say. Um, 14-3 record, 5-1 in the division. The only game I have them losing is Week 16 in uh, Heinz Field. 9-3 um, and three in the conference, 4-0 against losing teams, 10-3 and three against winning teams, 7-3 against playoff teams. Have a similar schedule as the rest of the teams in the division. They play a lot of hard teams this year, but I have them winning seven of those games. And again, this team has been sort of waiting to take that step up. Made the Super Bowl against the Rams, had a decent chance there. Last year went into what they were calling Burrowhead and lost in a close one against the Kansas City Chiefs after beating them in Arrowhead the year before. They come in this year with a revamped offense, offensive line, um, starring Orlando Brown now this year, which is going to be huge because he was guarding the blind side of Patrick Mahomes, and now he's on the side of the Bengals with Joe Burrow, so that's going to be ridiculous. Joe Mixon, glad to see him without the legal issues. He's going to be good. Even if he wasn't there, Chase Brown is a very good backup coming in from Illinois, one of the best players in college football last year. That'll be fun to watch. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase is the best one to punch in football. I think it's better than uh, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. I think it's that good. This defense, as Roman said, is very good. They were the best team in the NFL um, as far as a couple of hours ago, but I adjusted one of their games. So now I have them tied for first in the AFC, but because of a tiebreaker, they're going to have to take second. So Cincinnati Bengals should be a Super Bowl contender this year, regardless of who you are. So it, it, it's not Kansas. Is it Kansas City? It they're is. They're, they're tied with Kansas City. Okay. So uh, that's the only team you can really have up there, in my opinion. Wow. Really? Unless you're just, unless you're just super high on the Jets. The what? Are we? No Buffalo? No, they're not up there with them. They're a game back. But I'm spoiling my predictions, so. Wow. Okay, I have the I have the Bengals finishing fourteen and three as well. Um, second in the conference, eight and one at home, six and two away, seven and three versus winning teams, six and zero in the division, uh, seven and zero versus losing teams. Sorry, I went a little out of order. Um, three and three versus playoff teams. I've been going eleven and zero to start the season. Wow. Um, I have them, kind, I guess, falling apart towards the end of the season. My three losses are Jacksonville on the road, um, the Vikings at home, and Kansas City on the road. So um, it, it's, it's a really solid year for the Bengals. Uh, I think that regardless of the fact that I have them finishing second in the conference, um, they are the best team in the AFC, in my opinion. Um, so – Regular season record doesn't dictate what I think they'll do in the postseason. Uh, they are the best team in the AFC. Now, they would be my pick to make the Super Bowl, but I'm not going to get that far because I haven't done my playoff bracket yet, and I'm not – like I, it really just depends because it depends on what team you get because mm-hmm. I feel like there are teams that could one-off beat the Bengals. Like a one-off playoff game, I think there are teams – I will like potentially like the Jets – I feel like the Jets are a one-off play, a one-off game that could that could take down the Bengals with Aaron Rodgers if Garrett Wilson is playing incredible like I think he could. Like th- that's a, that's an example, but I think that the Bengals are the best team in the AFC regardless of the fact that they finished second. So um, head over heels, um, the best team in the AFC North. Even though Jake says the same thing, but he has the Ravens at twelve and five, which would mean that it's really close. Um, oh, which head over close heels regardless. It's really close regardless. The worst team that makes the playoffs for me in the AFC is 11 wins. 
That's how that's how high I am on this conference. The worst team that makes the playoffs for me in the in the AFC is twelve and five. So I'll one up you there. That's wild. But I I made a reaction. I also have them starting out eleven and zero, and their first loss is in Jacksonville to Trevor Lawrence. So I'm Boom, baby. Well, I have the Bengals as the best team in the AFC, and I actually have them being first in the AFC. What? Are you serious? That's possible. <laughs> possible. The Bengals finish first in the AFC North. First in the AFC, have them going thirteen and four mm. overall, a four and two into division, nine and three in conference play, so eight and one at home, five and three on the road, six and four versus winning teams, seven and zero versus losing teams, and they go five and three against playoff opponents. I don't actually have them starting out eleven and zero. I have them starting out six and zero, but then they come out of the bye and lose at San Francisco. Then they lose at Jacksonville, they lose at Pittsburgh, and then they rest off their start League 18. So the Cleveland, they'd go 14-3 otherwise, but that fourth loss really comes from the fact that they've clinched the number one seat inside the rest of their starters for the last game rounds. So just wanted to clarify that real quick. So, yeah, Cincinnati's great. I don't think there's much analysis that needs to go into the Prove why they're great. Why they are. Burrows and Chase and Higgins are amazing. Boyd is really good. The offensive line has improved. The defense is a top 10 unit in football. And yeah, I thought they deserved to make Super Bowl last year. They're going to avenge that loss, in my opinion. Hmm. All right. Well, we've all been waiting for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's yes, sir. Roman's favorite team. Tell us how you feel about them this year. Well, Judging by what I've been saying so far, I on him. Um, with Pittsburgh, it obviously all starts with Mike Tomlin, who is the best coach in this division, clearly, and a top three head coach in the NFL, a guy who's never, ever had a losing season in his entire tenure, and there's no way he's going to stop this year considering just how talented this football team is. I don't think there's a bad thing you can say about I really, I know that the Steelers fans like to whine. We haven't won a playoff game in six years. Oh my God. <laughs> fire my cover right now. I just won the games with no firing right now. <laughs> like, but no. If, like, honestly, how can you even consider yourself a Steelers fan? Do you think Mike Tomlin should, honestly? How can you? This is one of the best coaches in NFL history. Honestly, professional sports history. And you want this dude gone. Mike Tomlin would become the highest paid coach in professional sports if he ever got by Steelers. I guarantee it. So, yeah. Offensive coordinator is Matt Canada. A lot of people are critical of him, including myself. But to give him credit, he did get better with his play college towards the end of the year as things started to come together. So, he does deserve one more, in my opinion. And obviously, Errol Austin is the defensive coordinator. Him and Tomlin are kind of sharing the top duty of the defense. But let's get into the actual football players on the field. Starting with Kenny Pickett, who, uh, Brett, I was going to go out and say, I was wrong. Very wrong. (laughs) He was wrong. I was very wrong. Um, last year, 
I was Yay. of the pick because I didn't believe in Kenny Pickett's talent. I didn't believe Armstrong didn't believe in his ability to become a franchise quarterback. His hands were too small, all the reasons. I didn't, I actually wasn't really super <laughs> critical of the hands, actually. But, um, but the one thing about Kenny Pickett that I did overlook is that Kenny Pickett is someone who has the it factor. This dude just has it. He's a franchise guy. He's a winner. And if you're a winner, that makes up for a lot of things. And from what I saw on the field last year, his arm strength is better than what I get credit for. He's extremely accurate in the short intermediate part of the field. One of the best throwers on the run as well. He's extremely accurate outside of the pocket on the run. Very good at sensing pressure, making the right decision. It was kind of rough for the first few games, but season's end, he finishes the year with two consecutive touchdown drives hit to win the game. You don't see that from rookies. You don't. And I'm expecting Kenny Pickett to establish himself as a top 15 quarterback by season's mm. end. Right now, I have him as my QB 19 heading into the year. I know that's a little high, but based off of the play that I saw at the end of last season, I think it's warranted. And again, I think he'll be better than Lamar Jackson this year, so he should be ranked above him. At, just wanted to put that out there. But, yeah, Kenny Pickett, expecting big things out of him in year two. Um, Najee Harris, another guy who struggled to start out the year last season but really kicked it up as the offensive line got better and that he began to get healthy because he wrestled with injury for a lot of time last year, even though he played every single game. Najee's a great workhorse back. He can play all three downs. Very good in the receiving, very good in the run game. Najee could be a top 10 back in football this year. Definitely going to be up there. But don't sleep on Jay Lynch, the backup. I think second-year player now at Oklahoma State. Jalen Ward, who could very well be the third down back for this team, um, had very good flashes in his rookie season despite being a six-round rookie. But he runs very hard, has relatively good ball security. It can, again, catch the football out of the back. Very shifty, makes good plays. So if Najee ever goes down, Jalen Warren is someone that can definitely fill in and be really good. Now, the receiving core is where a lot of questions, are, and rightfully so. I think it's very talented. I think it's very capable. But obviously, the number one star in it is George Pickens. I think George Pickens is going to be a cheer. And I'm just going to go out and say it. George Pickens by season's end, will be a consensus top 10 receiver in the NFL. Just going to go. Oh, my. Incredibly. No bias. There's no bias involved in that statement. Incredibly talented. Just Man. A player. The dude is very good in the intermediate and deep parts of the field. Like, when, when, when you have a contested catch situation, it's 50-50. George Pickens is getting that football. It doesn't matter who he's going up against. It's a 50-50 situation, but he's going to get it. As long as Pickett puts it in the right spot, George Pickens is going to get the football. There's no way around it. Incredible Mm -hmm. hand. Good route runner, even though he's going to be better in that department this season than he was last season. We've all seen the training camp highlights, and I think that's just um, a a little blimp of what we're going to see 
from him this season. Even though Deontay Johnson is still very serviceable, one of the better route runners in the league, needs to improve in terms of his ball security and, you know, honestly learning to run forward as opposed to being backwards. <laughs> you know, very good player. Top 30-ish receiver in the league. Allen Robinson comes in from the Rams to be another starter. Kind of fell off there, but the Steelers are hoping for a resurgence from him. You also have Calvin Austin. Who's yeah, baby. going to be a rookie from Memphis. I think they're going to do a lot of creative things with him. I think he's going to bring a dimension to this offense that we weren't able to see last year. If you're talking about a guy that can be a gadget player, can be effective on both offense and special teams, Calvin Austin is a guy. I guarantee you that we see at least one long touchdown this year. Um, I think he's going to be good in this role. Now, this offensive line, very much improved, and it's going to be one of the better units in the league this year. It had a couple of years where it was down, but that's not going to be the case this season. It's more or less rebuilt now. Broderick Jones, rookie tackle from Georgia. Very happy to see the Steelers finally address offensive line with a premier pick. And Broderick Jones is a guy that is a perfect fit for the Steelers system, in my opinion. Going to be a very good and very effective run blocker immediately. Someone that can come in and just maul people in the run game. But his pass protection is going to be a little iffy at first, but it should get better as the year goes on. And again, you have pretty good depth there in Dan Moore. Not a starter, but he's still pretty good depth. Isaac Samalu comes in from Philadelphia, one of the best guards in football. Should be awesome. He was a starter on one of the best offensive lines of all time last season, so that should tell you how good he is. Again, he's going to be an absolute mauler. Mason Cole was an underrated player last year. Should be pretty good this season. James Daniels, one of, on, one of the best guards in football. Should be very good. Nate Herbeck comes in for depth. And Chuke Sikorapor comes in. Well, he's that longest guy here on the offensive line. I think this is fourth or fifth starting at right tackle. Pretty cheap, but he's also pretty good for what it's worth. But, again, when you have depth like Kendrick Green, Kevin Dotson, and Nate Herbeck, all around, it's going to be a very good offensive line. And the tight end position is also really, uh, really exciting. With Pat Fryermuth, who's one of the better tight ends in the league overall at this point, top 10 tight end for sure. But when you bring in a guy like Darnell Washington to compliment him, that just makes things very interesting, very scary. Uh, Darnell Washington is going to essentially be that sixth offensive lineman, going to come in a lot on the rundown, ball people going to go up against linebackers and slot corners and just absolutely destroy them off the line and clear holes for Jalen Warren. Can he pick it when he decides to take off and run? I mean, it's going to be very good in that department, but also as a target, particularly in the red If he can stay healthy, is going to be a very, very, very good. I would argue even a elite complimentary piece to Pat Fryermuth. This could prove to be the best tight end group in the league if all things super well. But of course, this is the picture we talked about. So it is defense that is going to shine, and this is going to be a one of the best defenses in the NFL. Obviously, defensive line makes up of Larry Ogunjobi, a Keanu Benton, the rookie from Wisconsin, and of course Cam Hayward, top three defensive tackle in football, been very good for a long time and should be that again this year. Very good run defender, but also 
one of the better pass rushing tackles in the league. You also have DeMarvin Leal, who was good when healthy last season. Keanu Benton replaced, I guess, Tyson Alomar with Chris Wormley at the nose tackle spot. Benton, a second-round rookie from, again, Wisconsin, has been actually been compared to Cameron Hayward a lot in pre-draft stuff. So it's obviously very fitting that he ends up in Pittsburgh. I think he'll make a pretty impact in one. And Larry, again, is just really, really good. Very Another guy who can rush the pass as a defensive end. Impact. But the pass rush does not stop there. Spoiler alert, this is going to be the best pass rush in the NFL, easily. Um, and that obviously starts with TJ Watt. That's in the league. Pretty much unstoppable. Can't really do anything to defend him. Especially when you have a guy like Alex Highsmith on the other side, 14 sacks last season. Another top 10 rusher in the league. Just recently signed a four-year $68 million extension with the Steelers. One of the most underrated players in football. And honestly, I don't understand. doesn't get more recognition. He's very good. Better than someone like Bud Free ever was. And again, you bring in Nick Herpick, the rookie, and Mark Golden for depth. Mark Golden, someone has struggled with injury a little bit. But when he's on the field, very – this team is going to get the quarterback. And I talk about all the time. If you have pass rush, a lot of things can be made up for defensively. And Pittsburgh has the best pass unit in the – undoubtedly. Linebackers, you have Landon Roberts, Paul Hulk, and Juan Alexander. Had questions about the linebacking core before, but those some of those questions have been alleviated a little bit. Now Juan Alexander here or in Pittsburgh should be a very good cover guy. All things considered. But again, linebackers were pretty mid overall still. If there is a question mark in the defense, it's that. But again, because of the pass rush, things are going to be alleviated there. And the secondary, Joey Porter Jr., rookie from, rookie from Penn State, drafted 32nd overall in the NFL. Levi Wallace and Patterson are also there. Patterson, one of the better interception guys in the league last season at five. I think, I think he had seven picks last season, which was close to the lead league. If I'm not mistaken, oh, legally, whatever. Yeah, Patrick Peterson, veteran presence, going to be very good. I like Levi Wallace. I think Joey Porter's going to have a good year. Just the perfect speed fit overall in that rest man Steelers system that likes to blitz and get pressure on the quarterback. Perfect situation for Joey Porter Jr. And the safeties are, of course, DeMonte K. Keanu Neal, and the best safety in football, at least three safeties, Minka Fitzpatrick, someone who just knows for the football and make things happen defensively. And yeah, this 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 defense is filled with playmakers, filled with impact guys, and it's going to be one of the better defenses in the league. So, I think it's going to be an offensive team with a lot of promise and one of the better defensive units in football. And again, special teams should be pretty good with Chris Boswell, one of the better kickers in football as well. So yeah, I'm expecting a lot out of the super talented group that Mike Tomlin and Omaha put together. What's your record for him? Oh, we're just going ahead with mine right now? Yep. Okay. All right. So, I have Pittsburgh at 12-5. and five. I'm not taking it back this year. I think this is a very talented team, barring injury. It's going to be, honestly, one of the better teams in the AFC. I know the AFC is loaded, but I trust the coaching that Pittsburgh has. I trust the talent. I trust the potential of it. Uh, they go second in the AFC North, obviously. Six overall in the conference. Uh, four and two in division play, eight and four in AFC play. They go eight and one at home, and four and four on the road. They go three and four 
versus winning teams and nine and one versus losing teams, and they go and three against playoff opponents. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very talented overall. Brent. All right. I have Pittsburgh finishing eighth in the conference, Roman. One spot off the playoffs. I'm sorry. Bruh. I'm, I'm finishing 10 and seven, which is a much given improvement from last year and from last week when I said they go 0 and 17. So you can give me credit where credit's due. Finishing second in the second in the division though, so I feel like I'm giving them I'm giving them props. This is a good football team. I just think that they're a step off from the tier it takes to make why, the playoffs. They, step off? they went nine and eight despite the fact that Kenny Pickett missed the first quarter of the <laughs> DJ Watt missed the first half of the season and still went nine and eight. If that if that's your logic for them, you can say and, the same thing about the Ravens. But because they, because they, like I said for the Ravens single position group. Because, like I said, for the Ravens, the the talent level of the AFC has gotten a lot better this year. So while you actually improve a game, unlike the Ravens from last season, in my opinion, well, you guys improve a lot of games, in my opinion, from last season. But in general, Pittsburgh's personnel works a lot better than Baltimore's does. But in my, but like the Jet, but like last year, you finished better than the Jets. I don't think that happens this year. Like. Last year, I believe you finished – what, were you guys better than the Jaguars last year too? Tied. Tied? Like, that's not happening this year in my opinion. So, there's – like, y'all y'all finish – like, y'all finishing eighth isn't isn't bad by any means when I just said that the worst team I have making the playoffs is 12-5. and five. Yeah, They were like, a much team last year and they finished eighth. They, they were, were a much – who was a much better team last year? They were a much worse team last year, and they finished state. Well, I think that the AFC has gotten this much better. I think that you should be happy that I am that I am on the over five hundred train with the Steelers, and I have them finishing comfortably over five hundred. Maybe next year they'll make the playoffs for me, but not this year. I have them finishing ten and seven, good enough for eighth in the conference. Seven, they finished seven and five in the conference, two and four in the division, six and three at home, four and four on the road. Two and three versus winning teams, eight and four versus losing teams, and two and three versus playoff teams. Um, I really don't think this is a bad year for the Steelers. I think they have a lot to build off with second-year quarterback Kenny Pickett. I think that he's going to be a great quarterback. Don't think George Pickens is a top ten wide receiver by the end of the year. Um, I that's a bold take, but we love bold takes. So I I love the I love the bold take. I don't I don't think it happens, but I love the bold take. Um, I did, for me. Like, I don't think eighth is bad by any stretch of the imagination. I think this is a great season for the Steelers. Yeah. I think when you look at the talent of the AFC, I think that it is very justifiable to say that finishing eighth in the AFC this year is very, very good. For me personally, this is the best conference in a long time. I think this That's... team is good to win a playoff game. You think this what? This team is good enough to win a playoff game. I just don't understand what you're talking about. If they completely missed the playoffs last year, well, back wasn't there for the first quarter of the season. The best, maybe the best player in football in general, wasn't there for half. Well, they were. Yeah, I'm sure they they could be good enough to win a they playoff got game. More experienced. I'm sure they could be good enough to win a playoff game, but they don't make the playoffs, so they don't have an opportunity it's to okay, win a playoff okay, game. It's okay. You know, typically, typically you have to make the playoffs in order to get a chance to win a playoff game. 
So sadly for me, they don't get the opportunity, but I'm sure that if they did get the opportunity, they would win it. I'm, I, I'll give you that. If the, if, the Steelers, if the Steelers made the playoffs, in my opinion, I'm sure they would win that playoff game. But because, in my opinion, they don't. I just, I just don't understand how, how can you even have a team, every single team in the AFC, if you got, you got to get 12 wins just to make the playoffs. That's not a realistic expectation. How? What, 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 what seed? Wait, 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 wait. What seed do you have the Steelers? What seed, what seed do you have the Steelers? Six. Okay. So six teams at 12 and five. And what's the seven? 11 and six? Actually, Jacksonville goes 11 and six. I think wins are good. So. But what's the, but what's the, what's the seven? 11 and six? Yeah, but like. Okay. So one game. game. That's one game. What? That's the, that, that, that's, that's, that makes no sense. That's pebbles. They're, they're like, the, Roman, okay. here we go. For, I'm going to cut you off for a second. For me, no, you're fine. Go ahead. I got, I got the Steelers 11 and six, seventh in the conference. They rarely slide in the playoffs. Uh, I already said the AFC West prediction, so I can just go ahead and say it. I got them tied with the Chargers at 11 and six, but somehow, according to this app, the uh, Steelers take the seventh spot. So sorry, Los Angeles fans. You had a great year, but. Uh, you you won't you wouldn't do it. You won't make the playoffs this season, in my opinion. Um, I don't have y'all winning twelve games. Um, but for me, they're four and four against winning teams, seven and two against losing teams. I I like my logic to be very consistent, um, unlike both of you guys. Um, so for me, especially Roman, but for me, if you have a good season without one of your best players, you're going to get better the next season when you have that player. So that's what I did for the Ravens and the Steelers. That's why I have them both making the playoffs and finishing two games better than they finished last year. So Ravens go twelve and five, Steelers go eleven and six. Steelers are going to go third in the AFC North, which is very solid with the second year quarterback and Kenny Pickett, and then George Pickens coming into his second season as well. I think that's really solid for your best two, uh, or your not your best two offensive players, but your quarterback and your wide receiver, your best to be only in their second year. I think that sets up the Steelers very well moving into years past, and I will likely have them having a better record in the seasons following this one, if they live up to the 11 and six hype that I think they're going to have. But overall me, Roman and Brent's predictions on the Steelers is extremely consistent. Like, especially because Brent Steelers were four and 13 last year, having them finish six games better, obviously shows you Roman that Brent has changed his opinion. And I think finishing eighth in the AFC for a team with a second year quarterback is pretty solid. And there's, there's nothing to complain about. I understand, Jake, that my opinion is inconsistent when it comes to the Ravens and the Steelers. But at the end of the day, when you, you have three teams making it for the AFC North, yep. and I have I have three teams making it for the AFC East. So, like, it, it offsets itself, in my opinion. So, yeah. like, Those are the so, best two divisions of football. Yeah, and but, like, for me, uh-huh. it was just – Like, I, I, I agree – like the I, like I said when I predicted the Ravens, I would be perfectly fine and content to say that I was wrong if they went twelve and five. And like you also said, this is a team that can be very either way. So I understand because our records are so completely different. Obviously, the complete opposite because twelve and five and five and twelve. <laughs> but but like it it could go either way. So I think it's good that we have two on the opposite side of the spectrum because only one of us is going to be right, or we're going to be right down the middle. And yeah. So I think it's good that we have two completely different opinions because one, it makes it more fun. And, and two, I think that like, like we are going to see one of these two football teams this season. 
And I think that it is very fair for both of us to say why we think either one could happen. Like, I don't like, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. And I, mm-hmm. I understand that I was a little inconsistent with the Steelers and the Ravens, but also if like also last year I gave a really bad record for the Steelers. And so I make, <laughs> I'm, I'm over, I'm compensating a little bit. Like last year, go. if I would, like if last year I would have had them finishing even with six wins, like it wouldn't have been an extreme as extreme of a difference this year than it would be for last year. So it looks like a lot more extreme than it could have been. So right, you you and Roman's predictions are dead on the entire way. So I think y'all can clap yourself up for that. Roman said before the podcast that me and Brent's predictions are dead on all the time. But hey, this one they were both dead on. So I think that's good that y'all can agree on pretty much every single one. That's true. We yeah. are very dead on so far. Again, it's just like last year, I believe that the Steelers culture and coaching makes a bit more difference than y'all do. Hey, well, we'll see what happens. Like overall, we said last week, overall, Mike Tomlin would give the best hype-up speech ever. <laughs> right. If he can do that, they might go 12-5. and five. Who knows? Um, but for me, first place in the division, I got to go Cincinnati at 14-3. and three. Second place in the division, Baltimore Ravens at 12-5. and five. Third place in the division is the Pittsburgh Steelers, or Pitt, whatever you want to call them, 11-6. and six. No, Pitt's the they, I'm kidding. <laughs> and then they play in the same field, so it's okay. And then the Cleveland Browns at last in the division at 8-9. All right. I'll go, I'll go second so Roman can finish it off because it's his division. Um, at, <laughs> at, fourth in the confer- at fourth in the division, at a sad 14th in the conference, Still a good football team. I have Baltimore finishing five and twelve. Tenth in the conference, third in the division. I have the Browns finishing eight and nine. Second in the division, eighth in the conference. Pittsburgh Steelers finished ten and seven. First in the division, second in the conference. Best team in the AFC. I have, even though they finished second, I understand Roman that gives you the ick. Uh, but I have the Bengals finishing fourteen and three. All right, uh, for me, Baltimore. Fin- Last at 6-11, 15th in the AFC. Uh, Cleveland is third at 9-8, 9 in the AFC. Pittsburgh is second at 12-5, 6 overall in the AFC. First place is Cincinnati, 13-4, and also first overall in the AFC and Super Bowl favorite, in my opinion, in this conference. Well, there you go. That wraps up the AFC North talk. Brinson Lions, it is getting closer to 24 hours than we'd like to admit. How are you feeling? And again, just kind of walk us through what your week has been like leading up to the departure from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, this was my last episode recording the podcast um, in Memphis. So I'm going to have I got to... scared for a second. <laughs> that I was going to leave. You said this was your last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is my last episode in Memphis. Not my last episode yet. Um, but but I'll have to find somewhere new to record. Um, maybe my dorm, maybe somewhere else. I'm not sure yet. We'll have to see. My roommate might get mad at me if I record it. <laughs> the wee hours of the night every Saturday or Sunday. Right. Um, but we'll have to see. Maybe we'll bring him on the podcast. Who knows? Um, but it, it's been it's been a good week. Uh, lots of, I guess, goodbyes. So that's that's interesting. My roommate decided that he wasn't going to come up on Monday with me. He's going to wait a couple more days. And my mom was like, do you want to wait? And do you want to go when he goes at the end of the week? And I'm like, no, I've already done all the goodbyes. I'm not doing them again. So, Mm -hmm. which I think is a very first statement. 
because once you, once you do goodbyes once, telling everybody, hey, I'm staying another week and then doing it all over again, there's there's just no point. That's um, awkward. And so so going to leave Monday morning, um, but it's been a good week. Went dorm shopping this week. Um, all the clothes are packed up and ready to go. Um, been running a lot with um, some people from Memphis, some people that I've been running with for a long time. So some good last runs with them before I head off, ran with the Arlington, some of the Arlington boys for the last time yesterday. Um, other than that, been hanging out with some of the guys, um, just I guess you would call it enjoying these last couple moments um, before we're all not friends anymore. So um, right. it's, it's never because, talk again. because when you go to college, you know, you like never are allowed to talk to your old friends again. So um, everybody, know, if you didn't know that, that's how college works. So um, I, I speak from lots of college experience right now because, you know, I'm about to leave. Like, so I'm pretty much like a pro. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But it's, it's been a good week. Um, tomorrow and an hour and a half will be fun. Um, and then Monday morning, uh, I'll go to Waffle House with the boys before, before I head out. Um, so it'll be fun. Um, but, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good last full week in Memphis and I'm really excited to start the next chapter. Um, hopefully it's, it's the best one this far. So I'm really looking forward to it and I'm excited for what the Lord has in store. Um, it's, it's going to be, I I have a feeling it's going to be really good. So I'm, I'm excited. Me too. Me too. Roman, how about you, man? Well, a lot of my week has been filled with trying to keep up with the Tigers in the Dominican Republic. They played a couple of games there and I've been doing, uh, some work for the blueprint with that, obviously. I've been catching up with a couple of TV shows as well in my spare time. Uh, but for the most part, it's just been chilling with the fam and whatnot as well. Um, everyone else in the house is starting school on Monday. I still got three weeks. I don't yeah, baby. And they're starting on Monday. So I feel bad for them but at the same time. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't. I could stay home longer. You don't feel bad. You don't feel bad at least a little bit. All my buddies are starting school Monday, and I don't have to start. Like, like my brother and sisters and all of them are starting, and I'm just happy that that I get a couple more days to relax. Eventually, eventually they'll get the same joy that I do, but I feel like they have to earn the stripes now. But like, but aren't you still leaving that day, though? I am. I am. But I still get like school doesn't start for me until the 16th, so I'm oh, wow. still chilling. That's that's pretty early for college to be honest. It really is, yeah. That's hype though. You'll get a couple weeks to kind of know everybody and then that's when you start. That's cool. Yeah, but yeah. And also I, I will say this, just stay tuned because uh, a personal announcement for me in terms of my next steps in my career coming up sooner rather than later. Are you leaving the podcast? Can't really say anything about it just yet, but it's uh it, it's big and I'm very <laughs> You didn't answer the question. Wait, what'd you say? I said, are you leaving the podcast and you just ignored it? <laughs> oh, sorry, no. I'm not leaving the podcast, no. Okay, okay. You scared us. Jake's leaving the podcast. <laughs> I know I'm not. But but no, I, I do have a uh, a career announcement coming up sooner rather than later. So. Are you finally getting paid? But I, I, I have been getting paid. I've messed with you. <laughs> I will say, with career announcements... You and I posted something with like for ESPN Plus, like jobs that they're opening up, and and I looked at it for like 
10 straight minutes. And I was like, am I really going to have the time for this? And I clicked off of it because I knew I won it. And it was so oh, sad. Oh, Brent. I don't have time for a semester. I can't do it. Oh, Brent. No, you, you definitely have time. Jake. What? Just because just because I'm not taking 15 credit hours of class does not mean I have time. No, it's definitely more than that. But yeah, I, I get it. it. If you if you want to hold down the run court for me, I will go pursue the ESPN Plus. <laughs> but unless you want to run, unless you want to run an hour and a half every day and do weights and stuff like that every day for me, um, then we'll try in the spring. How about that? Well, I'll be doing weights and stuff, but. Nothing. You'll do cardio on Sunday. Not much. Yeah, cardio on Sunday. Not much. Maybe a minute and thirty seconds, but not an hour and a half. Hey, better than nothing. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, man, Brent's leaving on Monday. It's got me my feels, man. This is tough. And now he's not even (laughs) going to be broadcasting. So, the only time I get to see him is on the podcast. So maybe at a maybe at a race like in Memphis on September second. But you know. Oh wait, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, maybe then, dude. <laughs> it's not going to be as long as I thought. That's how it or, or maybe when you go to record a wedding 45 minutes away from where I'm staying, that's even though you don't want point. me to come. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's it's coming up in about 16 days. So You're recording a wedding? Oh, yeah. That, okay, yeah. So I have a big <laughs> career announcement. Me and Chris are filming a wedding. We're filming our first wedding together. Chris has filmed one wedding, but this is his first, like, career wedding if you don't know who i'm talking about this is chris beck this is my roommate for man we haven't talked about him on the podcast i feel really bad but he's my roommate for full sale he'll be taking the film bachelor's i'll be taking the sports casting bachelor's degree um but yeah we're filming a wedding together on the 21st um we would have to be if we were going to start in august at full sale we'd have to be there the 21st since the wedding occurs on the 20th we couldn't be there in time so that's kind of a big reason we're not going um also through prayer and everything like that don't feel peace about that um, but yeah, so we'll be filming a wedding together. Uh, but anyways, for me, last week has been filled with um, a lot of fun, to be honest with you. Um, we had a kind of our last discipleship group, um, kind oh of our, our best friend group. Um, so we went and played putt-putt. That was fun. Our, our leader took the dub, Mr. Eric. Of course, he had to take the dub. Um, then we went to eat out and then slept over again. Oh Sleepovers are overrated. Slept is a strong word. Yeah, sleepovers are overrated. I that hasn't changed, but I like hanging out with all the guys. So there we go. It was a really good sleepover till about three in the morning. For for the for for clarification, sleep means we went to bed at six a.m. Right. Yeah, that, so, it was it was rough, but uh, it yeah, was very was, rough. That was very fun. Um, as well as Roman watched a bunch of the Tigers the past couple of days playing in the Dominican. Congratulations to Lester Quinonez for absolutely destroying our team. Um, so, yeah, good job there. But, yeah, other than that, it's been good. Um, I got myself a job for Bellevue, um, mm-hmm. working in the rec ministry until I leave for college. So getting some extra rent money, but also trying to be intentional with that time and really pour into the rec ministry as much as I can and learn as much as possible. Um, so, yeah, that, that'll be a good time working with some of my best guys up there. Um, so, yeah, pretty good week, pretty solid week. Looking forward to the next one, though starting work and, um, you know, continuing to prepare for college football season, starting on the 26th. Yeah, yeah. I think it's week zero on August 26th, but, I mean, still. Right. Penn, State play, Penn State plays on week zero. Who cares? <laughs> Is it week zero? Yeah, I think so. We play West Virginia. Ooh, there you go. That's not That's really solid. a week zero game. That's solid. What? 
That's not really a week zero game. It's kind of surprising. Let me make sure. But yeah, so this week's been solid. It's been good. Um, everybody's kind of leaving. Oh, never mind. Which kind of sucks. Uh, Roan, I don't know if you still keep in contact with some of the guys from from senior year for you, but for us, there's a lot of guys leaving, and not many people are staying home. So it's it's going to be rough. Not many people staying in Memphis. Uh, good, good for y'all, I guess. <laughs> yeah, man, it's going good. So, any other thoughts before we close out? No, no, I, th- I think we're good. Brent, you good? You ready to? What's um, your last sign off? As you, uh, this is your last one in Memphis. Well, I mean, we, I mean, we already know what I'm going to say. So, <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you for listening to the Minute podcast again. If you do not follow us. On the Men Hoodies Instagram, go check that out at men.in.hoodies. Looking to get more active as the days continue um, on that platform. Yes, thank you for listening to the Men Hoodies podcast, and we will see you next week. The water chose me and Memphis.